Hello and welcome to the Mindful in Minutes podcast, a guided meditations podcast brought to you by Yoga for You. I'm Kelly, and today I'll be leading you through your meditation. So go ahead and get comfortable, settle in, and enjoy your meditation practice. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You've heard me talk about BetterHelp before, and I'm excited to tell you about it again. BetterHelp is professional counseling done securely online. It's so simple, and their wide network of counselors has a broad range of expertise that may not be available in your local area. BetterHelp will assess your needs just by answering a few questions and then match you with your own licensed professional counselor, which don't worry, you can change at any time if you don't feel like it's the right match for you. And then you will get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever need to leave your house or go wait in an uncomfortable waiting room. So to join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health and to save 10% off your first month, visit betterhelp.com slash minutes. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash minutes. And now on with the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first freeform episode of 2021. I'm so excited to be back in the swing of things, and I'm really excited about today's topic. We're talking about boundaries and burnout. So, you know, super happy topics there, but important ones and ones I could probably talk about just for days and days and days, but I will try my best not to. So this episode's topic was actually picked by uh, my Instagram followers. So if you aren't following me over there, you should. Uh, my handle's at yoga for you online. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, sometimes I like to do fun little things over there, whether it's like voting on um, topics or kind of sharing the behind the scenes stuff. And it's just kind of a fun, just a fun hang over there. So if you are not following me on your Instagram, you should go do that. You can be a part of the little group and and we can have some fun and hang out. So also just a reminder that if you're listening to this in real time when it's released, enrollment for the winter session of the online meditation teacher training is closing on February 12th of 2021. Um, if you're listening to this in the future, you should go to the website and see when the next session is, and you could always join the wait list. So if you've been dreaming of becoming a meditation teacher, or you just want to you know, personally dive deep and expand your practice, this is going to be your chance to do it and I'm really really proud of of this course and the people that have already taken it are doing incredible things and I would love to take you on that journey if it's something that you're feeling called to do so again I'll put the information in the show notes and there's also a mini sode it will disappear on Friday when enrollment closes but if you listen to listening to this in real time you can um, listen to the little short mini episode just before this two episodes before this I think how to become a meditation teacher and I talk all about just the process what's in the course all the things so I think that's it for announcements I will say it's been very hard for me to kind of step away and find the time to record a longer episode I usually can only record in little bits and pieces when baby pork chop is taking a nap um, he recently has decided that naps are for losers and doesn't really want to do that so you might hear some sounds in the background um, his little you know foot piano thing or um, you know 
just random shouts or whatever it is. So you might hear a few things in the background because I probably can't get through a full recording of a freeform episode in one nap time. So that is that. If you hear things in the background, I'm sorry. There's now two kids. There's the furry kid, Mila, and then the human kid, Porkchop, that like to make noises in the background. So yeah. So with that, let's dive into it. Boundaries and burnout. So I am really looking forward to talking about this because honestly, I think that burnout is something that affects so many people. And I believe that boundaries are one of the most important things that you can set in your life. And it's something that I have experienced a lot. Um, I will share my personal story of, you know, experiencing extreme burnout. And boundaries are something that I have been working on for years. And I think that it's something that really helps to kind of stop burnout or help to, you know, fix burnout. So we're going to be talking about kind of those those two things today. So first thing that I want to talk about is burnout, because I believe that a lot of times burnout is the result of not having strong boundaries. So I want to talk about that first. So then we can dive into boundaries and some different practices and things that you can do to set boundaries to hopefully either you know, stop you from experiencing burnout or help you if you are currently experiencing burnout. So I think that we probably all to some degree know what burnout feels like. We've probably felt it one way or another. Um, I don't know why, but when I think about burnout, I just feel like just like a sad, like soggy French fry. (laughs) And I hearing that come out of my mouth it sounds really weird but like you know I just feel like unmotivated and sad and just kind of like soggy and bleh and like you know just like a kind of dirty old soggy wet french fry um and that might sound really dramatic but that's like how it feels down in my soul when I'm feeling really burnt burnt out and it's just you know just that tired mushy unmotivated cranky uninspired feeling and everything just feels so like blech and it it just burnout is like having your soul just like sucked out of you and we've all been there there's definitely like a spectrum of burnout different degrees of burnout and you know I've experienced burnout before honestly it's one of the reasons why I um, not only changed my business model but I also that's why I take two breaks a year on this podcast and I take a few weeks usually like a month or so or six weeks twice a year and I do that because I don't want to get burnt out I've I've been there before and it's happened to me and it really is just the worst and it stops the creative process and it once you're burnt out and you don't really have the joy in the things that you used to love it's just the worst feeling so that's part of the reason why I take um, two breaks a year from this podcast but I probably experienced the worst burnout of my life Um, and I, I can't remember if I've told this story before on this podcast but When I was living in Missouri and I had my yoga studio and I was then going to move from Missouri to Michigan and I sold my studio and and I moved when I got to Michigan because I had been working so much and so hard with my studio. I was working, you know, at least 90 hours a week. My goal was to take two days off a month and I didn't usually hit that. It wasn't uncommon for me to work like 60 some days on and then one day off. 
and everyone around me was like, what are you doing? You're doing too much. You're going to get burnt out. Um, you know, everyone could see it, that, that that's where this was headed, basically, except for me. And I just had this just drive and this desire to just keep going and keep pushing. And I knew that there was an end in sight and that we would be moving and just, you know, go, 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 go. And I, I went so hard that I just, as soon as I stopped and I moved and I had sold the studio and kind of had to, you know, I went from like the busiest time of my life to the slowest time of my life. I was so sick that it like, I don't even quite know how to articulate it, which isn't great for a podcast or something that you listen, you know, when you're, you know, trying to speak, not being able to articulate is not good. But anyone that's experienced like complete burnout where it's like physically making you ill, you'll know what I'm talking about. And I felt like there wasn't even necessarily like one symptom where I was like, oh, I felt like I had the flu or, oh, I had a stomach ache or this or that. It was like the best thing I can describe is when I was in college, I got mono for a little bit and I was sleeping all the time. I like couldn't stay awake for anything. And I just generally felt like so run down and so exhausted. Like I, you know, ran a marathon every day after like two hours of sleep and, you know, following my marathon with, you know, an 18 hour work day and a weightlifting session or whatever. It kind of felt like that. And I remember when we first moved, I was just, it hit me so hard. And I started needing two three hour naps like a day just to get through the day so I would would get up in the morning and you know I'd drink a lot of coffee trying to wake myself up and then I'd end up you know maybe falling asleep on the couch in front of the tv or just going back to bed for a nap for several hours and then getting up and then almost always later in the afternoon if I hadn't already napped I would take a nap or if I hadn't already fallen asleep on the couch in front of the tv I would do that and then I'd be going to bed by like eight o'clock and then sleeping for you know 12 hours at night and then just repeating it all and and when I went and got checked out by the doctor there wasn't anything like physically wrong with me when they read my labs and everything like that it was all normal right it was all normal my levels were all good there medically there wasn't anything wrong with me but I was so run down and I was so sick and unwell and and sick and unwell and run down physically mentally emotionally that that was probably one of the toughest tougher times of my life because I just I was so burnt out and run down from what I was doing it physically made me so ill and it made it hard to like function and that to me was such an eye-opening experience it took me several months of this just like complete you know, shutdown mode to really start to recoup and to be able to like function again. And I just remember just, it was so eye opening to me because I was like, oh my gosh, this is what everyone was talking about when they were saying, you know, you need to take breaks, you need to rest, you need to take days off. You're going to get burnt out, burnt out, burnt out. I did not truly understand that word. I thought I knew burnout and I didn't until I really experienced that. 
And that was not only eye-opening for me, but it was kind of scary. And it sort of snapped me back to reality where I was like, okay, I might feel like I'm invincible and I might feel like I can just go and hustle and work on my business and say yes to everything and take on all the clients and do all of the things and, you know, kind of this I'll sleep when I'm dead mentality. And that I, I can't do that. That's not sustainable. I did that for, you know, two and a half straight years and it absolutely ran me into the ground and that's where I kind of get that you know sad soggy french fry mentality is because that's truly like what I felt like was just this droopy wet like french fry all day long no matter how much I slept or you know rested or did restorative yoga or try to do all the things and it took several months for my body to reset and since then I have just definitely been working on not getting burnt out like that ever again and I know that I'm not alone in doing this I see it in a lot of my clients I see it on a lot of people that come on retreats Um, that might be the first break when they come on a retreat with me that they've taken like in years and it's also something that I see you know in a lot of my peers now as new mothers and also in myself it's so easy for me to see how I could easily get like burnt out and run down now being a new mom and being a new mom trying to juggle a business and having a partner that has an extremely demanding job and and I can see how that easily can happen and I I really don't want it to happen again so that's where I'm coming from when I kind of talk about burnout and and ever since I experienced that it's something I've sort of become somewhat passionate about because I don't ever want anyone else to experience that and if I can help people to you know stop before they get to that extreme level and and not everyone is at a place where you know I happen to be in kind of a transitional spot where I didn't have as much of my plate and so if I did need to take you know several three-hour naps a day I could Um, you know it, it certainly wasn't ideal or great but I could and that's not an option for everyone so if I can help, you know, give some tools or whatever it is to kind of stop before you get to that point, that's that's my hope because I don't ever want anyone to experience that total complete burnout where it just, you know, 100% just like breaks your body down and just like sucks your soul out. So that's where I'm coming from. Um, and, and I want to talk about um, basically what to do if you feel like you're being you know if you're on that burnout path or maybe you feel like you're already there let's talk about it so if you're experiencing burnout the first thing that I think is good to do is to ask yourself am I on the right path and here's the thing easier said than done right that's not easy asking yourself if you're on the right path requires a lot of self-reflection and it requires being incredibly honest with yourself because you might not like the answer that you get or deep down in your heart you might know that maybe you're not on the right path and that can be really hard to face and that can be really really crushing and scary and and tough if you know that you're not quite on the right path it can kind of feel like, you know, taking the leap without a safety harness of like, where do I go now? What do I do? So the first thing that I want you to do is to ask yourself, am I on the right path? And the answer might be yes. So when I was experiencing my really, really bad burnout, my answer was yes, but. And basically it was yes, but something needs to change. So for me, and I'll talk a little bit about that later, but for me, that looked like changing up my business model and doing less of, you know, the private sessions, 
owning the studio, doing the day-to-day, having a physical location, that although I still wanted to go in that direction and continue to pursue what I was doing, I did not want to do it in the way that I had been for the last few years because that wasn't working. So when I did the self-reflection, the answer was, yeah, I'm on the right path, but I'm not going about it the right way. When you ask yourself this question, you might get the answer no. You might ask yourself, am I on the right path? And the answer is no. And that is one of the fastest ways to burn out is continuing to just crank and you know hustle and pursue something that you know in your heart is not your right path. Um, you know, that can look like feeling like you need to pursue a certain career because you have a degree in it or because, you you know, people want you to pursue that thing. Or, you know, it could be that your heart just lies somewhere else or you have passion somewhere else or there's something that you want to pursue, but you're afraid to do it um, and, and many other different factors. So if you ask yourself this question, am I on the right path? If you get a yes, great. I'm glad that you got a yes, but if you are getting yes, but I'm feeling burnt out, then something needs to change. And that's where you dive in and do some of that self-reflection and you think, okay, what is stopping me from having excitement and passion and motivation and, you know, what is actually causing my burnout? So for me, it was scheduling and not taking breaks and trying to work harder instead of smarter. For you, it might be something else. It might be, yes, I'm on the right path, but I'm not currently in the right role. It could be, um, you know, yes, but I want to, you know, do this differently. Whatever it is, I can't tell you what that is. But if you kind of just look within yourself and you're just no judgment, honest with yourself and ask, you probably intuitively already know what the problem is. So then if you ask yourself, am I on the right path? And the answer is no. That gets tricky because then you have to really dive deep and you have to ask yourself, what steps can I take to head in another direction? Does that look like getting a new job? Does that look like, you know, starting a side hustle and trying to turn one of my passions into my career? That's something that I did for years and years and years. I know I've talked about this before. But while I was building my business, part of what led to my burnout was I was trying to build my business. I was also leading teacher trainings. I was also nannying, you know, probably 30, 40 hours a week on top of all of my other stuff and trying to do all the things all the time. And that ultimately led, you know, to burnout. But basically, I was doing jobs to pay the bills while I was working on building up my dream. But then I never took the leap to then release some of those other jobs and then double down on on my business. You could, you know, do some reflection and say, maybe I need to change the people I'm surrounding myself with. We have to remember that burnout doesn't just happen in the professional world. It can happen in between your, you know, your relationships. You can get burnt out on, you know, a relationship with someone. And then you might have to say, is this someone I, you know, want to surround myself with? Is this person contributing to my happiness and my higher good? It can be, you know, different hobbies and things where, you know, maybe you've loved yoga and you did it, you know, every day and then you just find that you're just getting kind of burnt out on your practice. That's okay, but you just have to kind of be honest and dig deep and say, you know, if if I'm not on the right path, why not? Why am I burnt out? And 
I want to kind of you know add a little caveat here. I'm certainly not recommending that you leave your job or anything like that without you know having something else lined up. I'm not advocating for that. I also know you know that that's not a financial option for a lot of people, and. That's something, you know, that's the reason that I was working so many jobs and working so many hours. Um, I was trying to support my my husband while he was still in school and we were single income. And I, for the longest time, I I couldn't work less. That was not, I mean, that was not an option. We would not have food on the table. And so I, I understand that it's not necessarily always an option to say, oh, I'll just start a new job or whatever it is. But if you do have that opportunity that might be something to look into or changing roles or doing something different. If you can't, if you're kind of experiencing this professional burnout, you can't take a new job. Maybe looking at a few different ways of how can I kind of treat this burnout if I'm not able to um, step away from my role or, you know, I don't have any paid vacation time or whatever it is. What are some other little things that I can do to care for myself to help combat this burnout professionally? So some of those things, you know, might look like um, I'm a big believer in turning off your um, email alerts on your phone. So I did this um probably close to a year ago where I just turned off alerts on my phone and it seriously, it changed my life because now I only go into my email inbox during the time when I've set aside to like be present and to go through emails instead of having the alerts and then every time one comes through, you know, every whatever few minutes, me looking at it, deciding if I want to respond this or that, I could never really turn off. So, you know, turning off email alerts when you're not at work, if that's possible for you, or, you know, getting some movement in. Lately for me, I've been trying to not get burnt out, um, you know, as I've been taking care of a newborn. And so for me, that looks like during one nap time, which is anywhere from 28 to 45 minutes, is getting some kind of movement in. It could be, you know, a workout, like a HIIT workout. It could be restorative yoga. It could be anything. Um, But for me, even those, you know, if it's a 28 minute thing, that helps me not get burnt out so much because just that tiny bit of time where I'm doing something and I'm stepping away and I'm just doing something different for me really, really helps. Um, and so maybe just thinking if you're if you're experiencing professional burnout but walking away isn't an option for you now, where can you make these little changes to take that time when you're not at work to um, you know kind of recharge and take care of yourself? Also, obviously, the biggest thing here would be setting better boundaries around work, but we'll talk about that in in a little bit here. So first thing you'd want to do is, you know, ask yourself, am I on the right path? If it's yes, but you'll explore that. If it's no, you'll explore that. My next tip for burnout is learn how to say no, ask for help, and walk away. If you are experiencing burnout, and again, this is this really applies to boundaries as well, you're going to have to learn how to say no. And I know that that's hard and it's scary. And I think, you know, at least from my experience as a woman, sometimes it's harder, at least to me, it feels like it's harder to say no. And it's also seems like it's harder for people to accept my no for whatever reason versus, you know, if my husband says no, people seem to take that a little bit more seriously. But, you know, that's that's another another day for my my feminist rant on that. But I think something that is really hard, at least for women, about saying no is that we have always been raised to 
be accommodating and to be pleasing and to be giving and to, you know, bend over backwards and to be nice. And I think that with that, what happens is we never really learn how to say no or to ask for help or to even walk away. And and this certainly, you know, is, is probably not something that just affects women. I'm sure it affects all people. I can only speak to my experience, you know, as a woman with this. And something that I want you to remember, and this is something I have to tell myself a lot and I tell my clients a lot, my students, you are not a bad person for saying no. You do not need to explain yourself if you say no. You do not, you know, you don't need to feel bad or guilty for saying no. If you are saying no to something because it is pertinent to your highest good and your well-being, there is nothing bad about that. There's nothing wrong with that. You do not need to apologize for that. You don't need to justify that. If you are saying no to something because it is for your greatest good, you do not need to feel bad about that ever. So I want you to remember that. That's something that I have to remind myself. And it's something that I return to quite often um, because something that I personally have been working on is learning how to say no, especially learning how to say no to different um, kind of professional opportunities and just taking the ones that feel right to me. So if you, you know, are kind of a people pleaser, I know this might be really hard for you. Something that I recommend um, when you're working on learning how to say no is start small. And this is with all this stuff. Start small and build up. So where are there little things that you can, you know, say no? Is it something, you know, really small where you and your roommate are trying to decide, you know, what you're going to order for dinner? And if they say, hey, do you want Chinese food tonight? And you can say, no, I'm not really feeling Chinese. How about, you know, how would you feel about this? And just starting small, small little no's and then building your way up to then some of those bigger no's. Um, I think that also sometimes we worry about saying no, like we worry that we'll upset people or that people are going to think that we're a jerk. So I used to be really scared that my clients would be upset with me when I when I had my studio, that if I ever like scaled back or raised my rates a little bit or started consolidating classes, that people were going to be mad at me. And I was really, really scared of people being mad at me and, you know, them being unhappy with me. And that was something that, you know, I definitely should have been working on and I should have done, you know, in hindsight, it would have prevented my big burnout, but I was just too scared. And, and that was where I had to kind of come around to this idea eventually of, you know, you're not a bad person for saying no, especially, you know, if, if it's for your own good and your own well-being people will understand. And honestly, if they don't understand, if they are giving you a hard time because you're saying no, because you're trying to take care of yourself, then that says way more about them than it does you. So something just to kind of keep in your mind there is, you know, is that if you're worried about people being mad, one, if they're truly supportive people and, you know, healthy people to be around, they will never get mad at you for taking care of yourself. But two, your well-being and your greatest good, especially when it comes to burnout, that is the most important thing. So you're going to have to learn how to say no, even though I know it's hard, but start small and kind of build up. Um, Saying no does not mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're lazy. It doesn't mean you're unambitious or mean or a jerk or anything else. So learn how to say no. Another thing um, to do is to learn to ask for help. So 
something that I think I've talked about in this podcast before that I really like to do when I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm getting close to kind of maybe, you know, feeling a little bit burnt out. I stop whatever I'm doing and I make a list immediately of all the things that I feel like I have to do. And I, you can't see me, but I'm kind of doing air quotes of have to do, right? So, so all of the things that those things running through my mind of, oh, I have to do dishes. I have to email this person back. I have to, you know, send out this thing. I have to get this podcast episode up. I have to do this, 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 and this. I write down all the things big and small. Then I look at them and I start crossing things off the list. So I basically flat out just look and say, what can I delegate? What can I flat out not do? And what truly has to be done for me? And then what can I ask for help with? So I go through first and anything that I truly don't have to do, like You know, I'm sorry, but if my dishes sit in the sink for one more day, no one's going to die. I don't have to do that one today. So just cross that off. Um, If there's things that, you know, you can ask for help with if I'm feeling overwhelmed, is there someone that I can ask and say, hey, can you help me with this thing? Or, you know, can I hire you to, you know, do this for me? Is there something that you can delegate? Can you say, hey, partner, you know, I need help with the dishes or can you fold the laundry or can you you know do this thing you pick this up on the way home whatever it is what can I delegate what can I ask for help with what do I not have to do and then all you're left with are the things that truly you only need to do and that list gets way way smaller and then you can just focus on the things that you really have to do and that for me has helped so much to just stop make that list and you know cross off the things that don't need to be done ask for help where I can, delegate whatever I can delegate, and then just focus on the things that I truly need to do. And then finally, walking away. So I know that this can be hard and scary, but if there's something that truly is like really, really, really causing your burnout, it might be time to let it go. And it might not just be tasks, you know, making that list and saying, oh, I can walk away from laundry for another day or whatever. It could be people, it could be jobs, it could be volunteer commitments, it could be passing on new opportunities. If you are an entrepreneur or you know you have your own business, you know that that one can be really hard to not say yes to everything and to walk away from a business venture or an opportunity that's not the right fit. And I think once you get clear on your own personal why, once you basically have decided that you're going to say no to certain things because it's for your highest good and well-being, it honestly makes it so much easier to then be able to not only say no, but to walk away if you need to. So if it is, you know, a person or a situation or if you're really just doing a ton of volunteer work, but you're getting really burnt out on it and you know you can't serve others until you serve yourself a little bit. Once you get clear on that why, it makes it a lot easier to say no or or walk away. So something um, that you know I have found to be helpful as well. And one thing that sticks in my mind a lot, it's this quote from, you know, my favorite book, The Yamas and the Niyamas. I talk about Deborah Adele all the time. I love her. Um, but there's a quote in her book and she says, a bird cannot hold on to its perch and fly at the same time. And I think about that you know, a few different ways to me that, you know, is kind of taking the leap into the unknown. So if I'm ever feeling like nervous about taking a new step, I think about that quote. But I also think about it, you know, with with burnout as well. Like I can't hold on to the old things and stay where I am and not create this this space for growth at the same time. Um, Another thing when it comes to burnout is, you know, this might seem pretty self-explanatory, but if possible, take a break. 
So, you know, take a break and you take a few days off and you'll have to kind of assess, you know, obviously how much of a break from something you need and how much of a break you can take. Obviously, that's a little bit different depending on what kind of burnout you're experiencing. If it's professional burnout, you know, that's there's obviously going to be a a limit on how much time you can take away Um, if you're experiencing, you know, burnout from you know, something else, like let's say you used to love playing chess every day, you're burnt out on it, you know, take a break. It's okay to not to not do that thing. I, I hear this a lot from people that were really proficient in something at a young age, whether it was, you know, they were um, an athlete kind of going the professional route by the time they were, you know, in their late teens, early 20s, they were burnt out and totally hated their sport and they had to just kind of walk away and take a break. And then when they felt the excitement for it again, return. Um, so that might be something, taking a break, taking a few days off, um, you know, short-term break, long-term break. What kind of a break do you need? What kind of a break can you take? And if you can't take a big break, um, where can you take short little mini breaks during the day? So this might kind of look like little mini like self-care breaks, whether it's, you know, taking a day off here or there, just turning off all your devices, doing something that feels good to you. Is it, you know, doing a daily meditation practice? Like I said, for me, my little mini breaks have been, you know, one nap time I dedicate to my movement, um, whatever I feel like doing. Is there any other kind of, you know, self-care? Maybe you read a book instead of watch TV, take, you know, a, a mini retreat, a virtual retreat. What is it? What what can you do? What tiny little mini breaks every day can you do to kind of help reset and and refresh? You know, maybe there's something you've always wanted to do. You want to learn a new skill. You want to try a new hobby, something like that. That can really be extremely like rejuvenating for the soul and the mind. So that might be something too, where if you can't take a big break or walk away, you could take these little mini breaks to kind of hit the the reset button. So overall, um, when it comes to, you know, burnout, kind of my own personal thoughts and things you know that I've done to help work on it and again I'm sure there's lots of other techniques and things out there these are just just from my own personal experience first thing ask yourself am I on the right or wrong path then take a break you know short medium long forever break whatever it is step away some capacity if you can Um, remember that your well-being is the most important thing period. You have to take care of yourself. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Um, Again, this is something that's really come to the forefront for me now that I've become a new mother. And I know that if I don't take care of myself, it's really, really hard for me to show up and really take care of baby pork chop um, and or even be a good spouse or even, you know, show up for you guys and still create podcast episodes. If I don't take care of myself, it's really hard for me to show up in other parts of life too. So remembering that you have to take care of yourself. Um, and then asking yourself, why are you still doing this thing that's burning you out? What What is your why? You know, is it because you're trying to please people? Is it because you're trying to, you know, become something that doesn't feel authentic to you? Is it because you have to for financial reasons? And once you identify why you're still doing the thing that's burning you out, then you can start doing something about it. So this then leads me to boundaries because I firmly, firmly believe that boundaries are one of the best ways to prevent 
burnout. And I know that a lot of people struggle with boundaries. It's absolutely one of my most requested topics, not only just for this podcast, but I talk about it all the time with students and I hear about it all the time on retreats. And I firmly believe that if you can learn how to establish boundaries, you can dramatically decrease your amount of burnout and improve your quality of life and your happiness. So putting it bluntly, boundaries are hard and they are scary, but they are absolutely essential to your well-being and your happiness. And this is something that I have personally been working on for several years. I think I really first became kind of, it was this idea of boundaries that came to me kind of around that same time when I was in Missouri with my studio. Like I was kind of like, I thought about boundaries and it was like in the back of my mind, but I didn't really start like implementing or doing the internal work and the external work to actually like create boundaries and implement them. So I would say for the past like four or five years, I've really, really been working hard to create boundaries in my professional life, um, my personal life. So boundaries, you know, with um, friends and family, and then also creating boundaries for myself and you know, boundaries for what, what will I accept and what will I, you know, not accept. So an example of like a a boundary for myself, if I find that like my anxiety is acting up or, you know, I feel like I'm kind of not just feeling kind of blue, but maybe I'm starting to feel depressed. What is the boundary in which, you know, I will start asking for help or I'll reach out or I'll talk to my doctor or whatever it is. So this is something I've really been working on for the last few years. And it, it, totally has changed my life for the better. So first, when it comes to boundaries, I want to share two thoughts with you. The first thought is that you are not a bad person for setting boundaries, right? This kind of goes back to that saying no thing. I will say it again for the people in the back. You are not a bad person for setting boundaries. And the second thing that I want to share right off the bat is that the only people that won't respect you setting boundaries are those that were taking advantage of your lack of boundaries to begin with. People don't necessarily have to like your boundaries. They don't necessarily have to, you know, say that that's the choice they would make for themselves. But if they respect you, they will respect your boundaries. If they do not respect you and they do not respect your boundaries, then that might be someone that you want to rethink having in your immediate circle. Everyone understands what it's like to feel like, you know, their boundaries are being overstepped and it's not a good feeling. So if people are intentionally, after you have set these boundaries, overstepping yours, that says more about them than it does you because they are choosing to do something that they know will make you feel uncomfortable and that's where you might want to think about, you know, who or what you have kind of in your immediate circle. So you are not a bad person for setting boundaries. And if people respect you, they will respect your boundaries. I want you to keep that in mind as we kind of dive into setting boundaries because it's incredibly hard to set boundaries. It is incredibly hard. It's something that I've been working on. It's something that I'm still working on. I'm not always the best at it. I've gotten way better at it. Um, But I'm not always the best at it when it comes to like setting boundaries, especially like with family and then setting boundaries in my workspace, like with um, some of my closest like students and clients and, um, you know, learning how to kind of like step away and not always being available to them. 
So remembering that you can set boundaries for anything professional, personal, in your relationships with others, um, boundaries for, you know, your own personal time, whatever it is. So first, first thing you'll want to do in working on setting boundaries is you'll want to get clear on where you want to set better boundaries. So I have found the best way to do this is to reflect on what has been frustrating you or been on your mind a lot in a negative way. So if you're wanting to build better boundaries, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, you might not say, okay, I'm going to build all these boundaries. I'm going to really work on my professional boundaries, my boundaries, you know, with my, my partner or my roommates or with myself or whatever it is. Ultimately, you're going to work on boundaries in all aspects of your life, but chances are there's one area that's really kind of been, you know, bugging you, especially if you're someone who's like listening to this episode right now, trying to get help with building boundaries. It's probably, there's probably something that you can think of like right off the bat. That's like, okay, this is the place I really want to work on boundaries. I would start there and just start with that one thing. Building boundaries really is like a skill or it's like, you know, kind of building up a muscle. The more you do it, the easier it comes, the stronger that you get on it. So first get clear on where you want to set better boundaries. So reflecting on, you know, where do you want to begin with your boundaries and just, you know, you're going to start there. So remembering building boundaries is going to take time. You will get better at it the more that you do it. It will never ever get easy but it will certainly get easier. So just identify where do I want to start with building boundaries. And when you set boundaries, you are putting yourself as a priority. You are protecting yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. And it's also important to know that we know that people that set boundaries and have boundaries, they have higher confidence and self-esteem. And I don't necessarily know the science behind that, We know like people self-report saying that, you know, when they set boundaries, they have this higher confidence and self-esteem. I believe that it's because you're doing something that is hard, but you know is ultimately for your own good and your own well-being. And that does kind of help to build your confidence and your self-esteem because you're basically, you know, putting yourself as a priority. And I also believe that a life that is lived with fair and reasonable boundaries is a life that is, you know, well-lived and one that is filled with with happiness so remember we're talking about fair and reasonable boundaries that's all you're asking for when you start this process of building boundaries you have to keep that in mind what you are asking for is you are just asking for the respect of others the respect you know from yourself and that you are asking basically for the space to take care of yourself and that is fair and that is reasonable. So I like to think about boundaries as a protective sort of cocoon around you. So they prof- they provide that protection and they also leave a little bit of space for you to grow, heal, and develop. So if you can work on building that protective cocoon around you, that's where you're kind of creating that space to really grow and transform and have a metamorphosis or whatever it is. And so boundaries are so important because if you don't have that, you're leaving yourself feeling open and exposed and you know opening yourself up to like potential danger, a lot of things. So I like to think of, you know, I like to think of um, boundaries as kind of this safe little cocoon that you're working on building building around yourself so you're not left open, raw, and exposed um, where you could potentially be harmed or taken advantage of in some way. So when you start building your cocoon, it's going to be a similar approach to working on, on burnout. So I kind of did and continue to do the same thing. 
So I get really honest with myself um, about, you know, where I need to build better boundaries. So that's what I'd recommend with you. Start, you know, just just be honest, self-reflect, no judgment. Where do I need to build better boundaries? And what do you really want? Or what do you you know, not want? What do you want more of? What do you want less? Like, what is it that you really want out of these boundaries? Is there someone or something that's really causing you harm or really overstepping boundaries or being intrusive? Um, You know, that would be a good one to start working on like immediately. Um, Is it something where, you know, you want to build a better boundary between your work life and your home life? Is it something where you want to build, you know, a better boundary between um, your identity as a person, but also your identity as a parent? What is it? What do you really want out of these boundaries and get clear on what you want and why you want it? So in my life, I have found that, you know, not setting boundaries and burnout basically boil down to the same thing. And that's me wanting to please others and trying to do all the things all the time and doing things so that I won't upset others, but at my own expense. So that for me personally is usually what it boils down to when it comes to boundaries and burnout as I'm trying to please people or I'm trying to just take on too much and I don't want to say no and I'm trying to just keep the peace even if it's at like my own expense and comfort. So just get clear. What do you want out of these boundaries? Where do you want to start? Why do you want it? There's also something that I found on Pinterest um, and it and it said, I, I found this, you know, quite a while ago and it's stuck with me and I wrote it down and it said, know your rights. And it said, I have a right to say no without feeling guilty. I have a right to be treated with respect. I have a right to make my needs as important as others. I have a right to be accepting of my mistakes and failures. I have a right not to meet others' unreasonable expectations of me. And I just loved that so much. It really resonated with me because, again, you know, when I say fair and reasonable boundaries, all of these things, when it's, you know, know your rights, those are all fair and reasonable things. You do have a right to not say, to say no without feeling guilty or to, you know, not meet others' unreasonable expectations. You have a right to be treated with respect, all these things. And so if people aren't allowing you to do that or are pushing back when you're just asking for these things, then that's a problem. That's where we really need to work on setting some some firm boundaries. So again, get clear on what you want, why you want it, what boundaries you want to set. Then you need to have clear communication about these boundaries and explain your why. This will probably be the scariest part. Once you've gotten over the hump of figuring out where you want the boundaries, the hard part is then communicating them because, you know, there there will be some people that will try to push back on these boundaries and they may not respect the boundaries that you're setting. They may not be, you know, very awesome people or very, I shouldn't say awesome, they may not be incredibly supportive and that is very, very hard. So some things that, you know, that you can do having clear communications with people that could be, um, you know, when you come over to visit, it's only going to be for, you know, from this time to this time. It could be, um, you know, saying I won't respond to emails on Sundays Or, you know, if you email me over the weekend, I'll get back to you on Monday. I won't get back to you on my days off. It could be, um, you know, something that my husband and I have had to do is kind of setting boundaries on, on who can come and visit the baby. Our area has, you know, 
quite a lot of um, COVID cases right now. And so we are limiting, you know, not letting extended family come, things like that, figuring out, you know, what are we comfortable with in terms of keeping, um, you know, the little guy safe when he's so little and keeping everyone healthy, things like that. Um, that's certainly been a tricky one. I know a lot of families that are having to navigate that right now. Um, you know, what What are these What are these boundaries? And then you have to clearly communicate them, and that is the hard part. So again, people that respect you will respect your boundaries. That doesn't mean that they have to like it, or it doesn't mean that has to be what they would personally choose to do. But if they respect you, they will respect your boundaries. And if people are pushy when it comes to your boundaries, do not back down. So you can be just as firm as they are pushy. It might take several tries. Um, If someone is flat out just ignoring your boundaries, I find that it's best to be clear and honest and say, um, you know, and and I'll even use these exact words. I'll say, you know, I'll say, hey, you know, I, I want to be clear. I'm trying to set a boundary here just for my own well-being. And I feel like you aren't respecting that boundary that I'm trying to set. And I will say that and I will just sit there and I will let it sink in and it's uncomfortable. And but it's the truth and also learning how to kind of function in discomfort is essential but basically you're putting it all out on the table and you're saying hey I'm just asking for you to respect the fact that I'm trying to take care of myself and then you're putting the ball in their court and they can either say like oh you know I'm going to choose even though you've said you know you're trying to do this thing and you're asking for my respect I'm going to choose choose to not respect you or you're giving them the opportunity to then decide that they are going to, you know, respect you. So a lot of times that's that's what I'll do. It'll be uncomfy. It will be hard. It will feel, you know, like it might feel like a little bit of conflict. But in the end, sometimes that's what you have to do. And then make sure that you're asking for help and support and surround yourself with awesome supportive people that build you up and that do respect your boundaries and will cheer you on along the way. Like I said, we all know what it feels like to have your boundaries kind of stepped on or overstepped. It does not feel good. And, you know, I like to think about things as how would I how would I treat my my best friend? So if my best friend came to me and said, Kelly, you know, I'm really having a hard time. I'm trying to set boundaries around this thing. I'm trying to create a better work life balance. But I feel like, you know, I'm just being walked all over at work and I'm really down on myself. I would never be like, well, yeah, of course you feel that way. You should just keep working more. Like, forget your boundaries. Your work needs you. I would never say that. I would say, well, you know, you're doing a great thing. You're taking care of yourself. You're prioritizing your well-being, this and that. So if that's what I would say to my best friend, why don't I say those nice, supportive, kind things to myself? And then ask for help. Ask for support. You can be honest with the people around you and say, you know, I'm, I'm on this journey. I'm trying to build better boundaries and let them build you up and and help you. Don't feel like you have to do this thing alone. Um, you know, you can even tell people, I really appreciate the fact that you respect my boundaries. I've been working really hard to set them and it really means a lot to me that that you are respecting those. And then you can also have grace with yourself as you build them. It's not going to be something that you do perfectly every time. It's something that you'll have to be patient with. It takes time. And so giving yourself grace as well. So really thinking about as you're, you know, setting these boundaries, who are you surrounding yourself with? Give yourself as much support as possible because it is so hard to do this. And the first time you try to set boundaries, like really firmly set boundaries, that will be the hardest. So once you do it, 
like one time and you realize it's okay. The world didn't fall apart. It will get easier and easier each time. So a few just thoughts that I have, or I guess a few tips that I have on building better boundaries in life. One is, like I said, turning off those email notifications so that, you know, to me, just basically saying not Basically, I only check my emails when I'm like on my computer in my inbox, checking them and not getting distracted every five minutes by like a pop-up notification on my phone. That has been huge for me. I just, I really, I know it seems like such a simple thing, but if you are able to do that, it is seriously like life-changing. Um, give yourself a set amount of time to respond to requests. So for example, um, if someone says, hey, can I come stop by? You can set a rule for you know yourself if you're working on setting boundaries like that where you can say um, I won't respond to you know an invitation or a request to stop by for x amount of time or um, you know say I will not respond to work emails past you know Saturday at 11 a.m and I won't you know go back into my inbox until Monday at 8 a.m or whatever it is you can set an x amount of time if you're having a hard time like saying no in particular you can say um you know i'll give myself you know two hours before i respond so you don't feel like you have to you know in the moment right away be like okay yeah i'll do it you can give yourself a little bit of time also practicing clear and assertive communication or sometimes what i call polite but firm communication um start to practice that not just when you're setting boundaries but just in general so you don't need to take you know 20 minutes to answer a yes or no question you can start small if someone you know offers you something and you don't really want it you can just say oh you know no thank you and you can try to even whittle down your texts and your emails um i don't know about you but i i just often found myself doing a lot of like extra words in my emails trying to sound like I guess like nicer and more like appealing where if someone emailed me kind of a yes or no question where I could have just said like yes or no I would send them this like long thing back but like oh my gosh hi thank you so much for sending me your email it's really great to hear from you and to know that you're thinking of me you know and, and spend six more lines before I say yes or no you can practice and start whittling down your communication via email and via text too and trying to make it a little bit more like concise a little bit more assertive and to the point um, and then you can just practice, you know, with, with people around you. And there's absolutely a way to be clear and be assertive and not be a jerk. You know, if someone comes and says, hey, Kelly, I'm going to go grab a kombucha from the fridge. Would you like one? I could say, oh, no, thank you. You know, I already had one today, but water would be great or something like that. You can just say, just say oh, no, I'm good. Thanks for thinking of me, though. And, and that's all it has to be. You don't have to tell them a whole big story or whatever. You can just start practicing on that clear, assertive communication. And then you have to hold yourself accountable. And this can be really tricky too, because again, it's going to require some self-reflection, a long, hard look in the mirror. You know, are you honoring your well-being and are you basically enforcing these boundaries that you're setting? Or are you just trying to set them and then letting them get walked all over? And so you have to hold yourself accountable to these things and be honest with yourself. You know, are, am I doing boundaries? Am I, am I doing what I set out to do? And if you can work on kind of mastering these boundaries, it will really, really, really help you with burnout because often burnout is just a lack of boundaries um, or, you know, being surrounded by people that are walking over your boundaries. So remember that you absolutely, that you are in charge of your life and that you can, you know, take steps and actions 
towards having the life and living the life that you want. So if you are currently living in a state of burnout, it does not have to be like that. If you feel like you are constantly a doormat and that people are walking all over you because you have no boundaries, it does not have to be like that. You are in charge of your life and you are in charge of making changes to start moving towards a life that feels good and balanced and happy. And remember that you deserve others' respect, but you also deserve respect from yourself. So making sure that you are kind of demanding that respect, not just from others, but also demanding it from yourself. So that can, you know, go into your mindset, that can go into the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you treat yourself, you know, even down to the way that you're, you know, fueling yourself or whatever it is, right? You deserve the respect of others and yourself. And make sure to celebrate the small wins. So, you know, that's something that, you know, I've been working on boundaries and reducing burnout for years and I'm absolutely still working on it. And it feels really good to stand up for yourself and to prioritize your well-being. So sometimes if it's even though it's really hard, if I have to pass on something or say no or, you know, set a new boundary with someone, when I successfully do it, I feel proud of myself and I celebrate that. And it really, really does help to acknowledge that that this stuff is hard. It's really, really hard. And if you are doing it, you are doing an amazing job. And then piece by piece, you'll just start to build that cocoon around you. Rome was not built in a day. You don't have to, you know, build all the boundaries immediately starting right now. And you do not have to make everyone happy. It is not your job to make everyone pleased and happy, but it is your job to make yourself happy. You are absolutely in control of your own happiness and well-being. You are not in control or responsible for everyone else's happiness and well-being. They can work on them. You can work on you. It's kind of that same, you know, we learn it in kindergarten, right? Just, Just worry about yourself. And when it comes to boundaries and burnout, Sometimes that's what you have to do is you have to take that personal assessment and say, you know what, I know that this person would probably like if I had no boundaries and just answered my work emails all the time or, you know, let them stop by unannounced or let, um, you know, let my roommate kind of do this or that that I'm uncomfortable with. They might like that, but it's really not serving you and it's not basically contributing to your well-being and that it's okay to stand up for yourself and to prioritize your well-being. You can be in charge of your happiness. You do not have to be responsible for everyone else's. And then treat yourself the way you would treat a dear friend. So give yourself the same love and, you know, soft approach and warmth and grace that you would give anyone else that was working on these things. So I hope that that gave you some stuff to think about when it comes to burnout and boundaries. Again, this is just my own personal thoughts um, and just from my own experience working with these things. It's hard, but I know you can do it. And if you're starting, you know, a boundaries journey and you're working on alleviating some burnout, I think that's so amazing and I believe in you and you can do it and, you know, hang in there. You've got this. So thank you so much for listening to me, sharing my thoughts for nearly an hour. And I hope that you have the most, most wonderful day. Thanks guys.